ยิบัวครอสพอยท์เมียนแบปทิสต์จูปังอะเฮนยิจิบเมียนมัวแต่ปัวจางทินหุงบัวจีกอนเบนบุญยิซินบุญยิเฮวบุญยิลิงวนแ
ไลซิเจอตินฮูไลซิเจอยิบัวจาทาเซียวฮานาไตมิงแอนพานางไตยามิฮอยยิบัวไลซิงเอเซียวเวเซียวปุนิบัวยิซุงไฮฮิตุท
ก็นี่ชาลีอ๋อเนาะดอดี้สัจเจนีตอนเหี่ยวสกัดสัจเจนีฟุนเหี่ยวเชอเนาะบ่เก่งเฮ้ตัวตาชาวเบอร์ยม
75 years ago, we were involved in teaching in, at the Sunday school level the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Back then, there were no uh, videos, not much television, but there were flannel graph lessons. And I have with me this morning a flannel graph lesson entitled, He Took My Whipping. For your information, the way it worked, there was a, a flannel graph board, and then little objects were placed on the board. Even have a picture of my wife teaching a little backyard Bible class some 75 years ago. Sixty years ago, I was exposed as a sophomore in college to the real realities of the resurrection. Oh, I believed it from the time I was a little boy. And I accepted the resurrection of Jesus Christ when I accepted Christ as my Savior as a seven-year-old boy. In, the, in that sophomore year of college, I was exposed to Bible doctrines for college students. In fact, I have my old Bible doctrines book, kind of worn, but there it is. And my foundation of beliefs in the resurrection of Jesus Christ was solidified out of five pages in this doctrine's book. During this period of time, my, my mind has been drawn vividly to the doctrine that we believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. During this period of time since uh, Tan asked us to speak, we had an unusual experience. One of our best friends, a friends of 55 years, uh, we went uh, to Los Angeles because she invited, she, she asked us to come to be one of the last few people that would speak to her before she died. This beautiful lady was primarily responsible for my success as a youth pastor in the 1960s. Now, 
In a period of just a year, she was struck with cancer and lay on her bed dying. We were one of the last few people to speak to her. The last things we said to her was Shirley. Pretty soon we're going to, you'll not be with us anymore. And the last word she said to us was, but I will see you soon. And the reason she could say that and the reason I can believe, could believe it is because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because of the enormous power of the realities of the resurrection, I came to the topic of my message this morning. Francis Schaeffer wrote a book entitled How Then Shall We Live? The whole concept of his great book was that because of the doctrines that we believe out of the Word of God, it should affect the way we live our lives. And this morning, because of the doctrine of the resurrection, our emphasis is going to be how is it going to affect our lives when we leave here? So will you join me as we begin our message with a word of prayer? And I want you to pray as I lead us in prayer that God would speak to your mind and speak to your heart and as a result of our time together this morning your life and the life of this church and the life of your family and the life of your young people will be different Father in heaven we thank you for Jesus Christ we're thankful that your great love sent him to die for our sins. But more important this morning, we thank you that he was raised from the dead. And that he lives today. And because he lives, we can face tomorrow. And I pray that today our exposure to your word about the resurrection of Christ will change our lives. We pray in his precious name, amen. amen. Today we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Resurrected from a borrowed tomb sealed by the Roman Empire, but it was unable to hold him. Three days after Christ was placed in the grave, uh, the women came to his tomb 
to anoint his body with special oils. And you know the story, they arrived at the tomb and the, and the door to the tomb was empty. They were shocked and as they looked into the tomb, they saw a great light. But they did not see the body of Christ. All they saw were the, the, the cloths that had been wrapped in his body, laying as they were wrapped. They were weeping because they could not find the body of their Lord. And the angel of the Lord said to them, Why are you weeping? It's interesting that usually when the angels of the Lord speak to us as humans, he always, they are always amazed as our, at our ignorance to the truth. Almost humorously, he said to them, why are you weeping? He's not here. For he has risen. And he has risen indeed. Hallelujah, that phrase, he is risen, rings in our ears. It throbs in our heart. This, this morning we can all say hallelujah. 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 He is risen indeed. Today we celebrate the most important event in human history. The birth of Jesus Christ at Bethlehem and his death on the cross of Calvary are only seconds to this. The manger at Bethlehem was a beautiful story. And the cross of Jesus Christ on the Calvary, on Calvary was a very intriguing story. But without the resurrection, they would have no meaning whatsoever. Good Friday would not have been a good Friday if it were not for the resurrection. Today I want to remind you once again of the incredible importance of the resurrection personally to you. Today also I would like to challenge any of you who have any tendency to deny the divine miracle of the resurrection to consider seriously the consequences of such great unbelief. To deny the resurrection of Jesus Christ is to have blind ignorance to many infallible proofs. Today, I'm not going to enumerate those uh, infallible proofs. You may have to go to Bible college and get a textbook and prove it to yourself. 
Today, most significantly, I earnestly desire to challenge you to confront your own responsibility to your Savior in view of the realities of this doctrine. My friends, without the resurrection, there is no good news of the gospel. Without the resurrection, there is no saving faith. Without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no hope for now and for eternity. The word of God says much about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I want to go over and read to you several of the passages that refer to the resurrection. In first in, in John chapter 11. You remember the story the, the Jesus had come to the home of Lazarus. And uh, his, his sister was weeping because of the death of her brother. And Jesus said Thy brother shall rise again. And Martha said, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection of the last days. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have true faith and we can have salvation. In 1 in Paul's letter to the Corinthian church, he says, Chapter 15. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that Jesus which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is also in vain. So without the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
Everything we believe is wasted and it's in vain. In Paul's letter to the Philippian church, chapter 3, he says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Therefore, if your Christian life is not being effective, if you're having difficulty living the Christian life, it's because you have not claimed the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul's, in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, Chapter 5. Brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the unto that day shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. That's why we were able to be comforted when our friend of 55 years closed her eyes, not in death, but in a sleep. Another fantastic passage of scriptures found in Ephesians chapter 2. Paul told the Christians in the church at Ephesus that you have been quickened who used to be dead in trespasses and sins. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us. Even when we were dead in sin, he raised us up together with Christ. And he has raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 17, we find the assurance that those who reject the gospel, those who reject the resurrection of Jesus Christ, 
assured judgment listen to this verse because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he ordained whereof he gives insurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead As for an introduction to a message. That's not my real message for today. My message really for today is how then shall you live? And if you have your, your Bibles, you can turn or you can listen to a, one of the most fantastic verses in the, in the book of the Bible. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says this time to the Corinthian church. Notice that the resurrection is in his messages to all the different churches. He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things pass away. And behold, all things are becoming new. This verse is written to those of us who have accepted Christ as Savior. And I want to tell you that all of our knowledge of the resurrection, and no matter how sincerely you celebrate it every Easter, Unless it transforms the manner in which you live the Christian life, it's so much ritual and tradition and a mockery of the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Apostle Paul says in his verse, We are in Christ. We are quickened. We are, we are literally raised up in him. When you were baptized, if you were baptized, that was the picture. You went under the water and you were raised again in newness of life. He literally raised you up. Well, the verse goes on to say that we're a new creation. We, are new, we have new life. We are literally born again in Christ. 
Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, How can this be, Master, that I can be born again? Can I enter back into my mother's womb? And the answer back to Nicodemus was, God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that you, if you believe on him, would have everlasting life. The verse goes on to say, old things, old things keep on passing away. What are those last things? Well, Paul doesn't leave us guessing because in Galatians chapter 5, he, get, he lists them for us. Will you listen carefully to this passage of scripture? This I say, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh and they are contrary to each other so you cannot do the things that you want to do. Then Paul lists these things. The works of the flesh are manifest. They're clearly shown by your life. What are these things? Adultery. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. Idolatry. Witchcraft. Hatred, jealousies, wrath, strife, divisions, heresies. If you're in Christ, these things are crucified. All things become new. The fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is listed. These are the things that characterize our life because of the power of the resurrection. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith. Meekness. Temperance. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the afflictions and lust. Friends, this new life given to us when we accepted Christ as Savior demands that we accept the power of the resurrection and live lives of obedience, submission, service, and commitment. My friends, I've been observing the Mian community for a long time. 
long before this church came into existence. I met an old faithful white-haired gentleman missionary. Uh, and you older folks remember Pastor Calloway. Mr. Calloway, He brought the Mian community to our camp. And I saw a, a, a group of dedicated, loving Christians. Folks who had gone through very much because of their faith. Folks who were uprooted from their culture and brought to a new culture. Faced with bringing their families and their young people and their children to a whole new culture. And I remember the first time you had a family camp at Lassen Pines. And the men folks from all the churches on the West Coast saw what was happening there. And they wanted their young people to come benefit from serving God there. And they came by the dozens. I have a picture here. Of, of our staff from, oh, I don't remember the date, but several years ago. In this picture, 29 of the, the staff members on my staff were me and young people. Last summer, I think, if Scott can correct me, we had four or five. And for the coming summer, we're not even sure how many we'll have. And why is that? Is it because the immune community has been sucked into the secular, materialistic culture of the United States? I want to thank God that this church has not been sucked into that culture. I pray that you will remember that life does not consist, the Bible says, of what we possess. That the Bible says, don't lay up treasure here, but lay up treasure in heaven. That the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Where's the next time come from? Where does the, does the next May come, who is now overseas as a missionary? Where does the next Philip come from as a leader of this church? I pray that a fresh look at the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the power that is available through his resurrection will bring all of us, all of the Mian community throughout the West Coast back to a renewed and dedicated faith in Christ. My wife and I have, in our devotions for the last 
week or so, I've been reading Max Lucado's book. It's entitled On Calvary's Hill. Forty devotions about the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every time I read this book through, it affects our lives. I would challenge you to get it. You can do it online. Just look up Max Lucado. Yeah, on Calvary's Hill. Close. With one, one passage out of it. On Friday, they wrap his body in clean linen and place it in a tomb. Joseph's borrowed tomb. Roman guards are stationed to guard the corpse. And a Roman seal is set on the rock of the tomb. For three days, no one gets near the grave. But then Sunday arrives. And with Sunday comes a light. A light within the tomb, a bright light. A soft light. Flashing or hovering, we don't know. But there was a light. For he is the light. And with the light came life. Just as the darkness was banished, now the decay is reversed. Heaven blows and Jesus breathes. His chest expands. Waxy lips open. Wooden fingers lift. Heart valve swish. And hinge joints bend. And as we envision this moment, we stand in awe. We stand in awe not just because of what we see, but because of what we know. O Lord, author of my life, what was it like when your life re-entered your body? May heaven today blow and breathe that life into my spirit today. I stand in awe and worship you, Almighty God, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen.
ลังจิงทินฮุงปุนบัวตุจังจวงเจ็ดปาวจุงเชิงนินเยตุม่วงนินเยเปาจุนเจียวนิคูเฟียนเจียวเก่งผุยตุบัวเชิงผุยตุบ